Chapter 69 of The Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Main Reed. Chapter 69. It was not by any conjecture that I arrived at this conclusion. I was quite confident that the footsteps were not those of a squaw, all inexplicable as was the contrary hypothesis i observed that they were very recent of less than an hour's age as i rose from regarding them a new sign appeared on the same bed of sand the footmarks of a wolf no i was deceived by resemblance on nearer examination they were not wolf tracks i saw but those of a dog and evidently a large one these were also fresh like the woman's tracks made doubtless at the same time the dog had accompanied the woman or rather had been following her since a little further on where both were in the same line his tracks were uppermost there were two special reasons why this sign should astonish me a white woman in such a place and wearing moccasins but for the style of this chasseur i might have fancied that the tracks were those of some one who had strayed from the caravan i might not have connected them with her ever uppermost in my thoughts but no small though they were they were yet too large for those minion feet well remembered after all i might be mistaken some dusky maiden might have passed that way followed by her dog this hypothesis would have removed all mystery had i yielded to it i could not it was contrary to my tracking experience even the dog was not indian the prince of his paws proclaimed him of a different race my perplexity did not hinder me from quenching my thirst the pain was paramount and after assuaging it i turned my eyes once more towards the cliff the wild ram had not stirred from his place the noble animal was still standing upon the summit of the rock he had not even changed his attitude in all likelihood he was acting as the sentinel of a flock that was browsing behind him the sun was falling fair upon his body and deepened the firm red color upon his flanks i could note his full round eyes glistening under the golden beam i was near enough to bring him down and should the rifle prove to have been properly loaded i was likely to have for my breakfast the choicest viand of the mountain region of america i had raised my piece sighted the noble game and was about to pull the trigger when to my astonishment the animal sprang off the cliff and turning back downward fell heavily into the gorge when i saw him pitching outward from the rock i fancied he was making one of those singular somersaults frequently practiced by the ovis oman in descending the ledges of a cliff had the descent been a voluntary one he would have come down upon his huge elastic horns instead of falling as he had done with the dull sodden sound of a lifeless body i perceived that the big horn had ceased to live and the report of a gun that rang through the gorge and was still reverberating from the cliffs told the cause of his death some hunter stalking on the other side had taken the start of me white or red which fired the shot if an indian my head would be in as much danger of losing its skin as the sheep if a white man i might still hope for a breakfast of broiled mutton even a troll might be expected to share with a starving man but it was not the quarter in which to encounter a christian of that kidney it was the crack of a rifle the red man rarely hunts with the rifle the arrow is his favorite weapon for game notwithstanding the remoteness from civilization the probabilities were that the hunter was white he might be one of those attached to the caravan or more likely a free trapper 
i knew that upon several head tributaries of the arkansas there were settlements of these singular men from prudential considerations i kept my place screened by the cottonwoods i should have an opportunity of deciding the point without my presence being suspected if the hunter should prove to be an indian i could still retreat to my horse without being observed i had not long to wait i heard a noise as of some one making way through the bushes the moment after a huge wolf-like animal rushed round the projecting angle of the cliff and sprang upon the carcass of the bighorn at the same instant a voice reached my ears off there wolf off villain dog don't you see that the creature is killed no thanks to you sirrah good heavens it was the voice of a woman while i was yet quivering under the surprise produced by the silvery tones the speaker appeared before my eyes a girl majestically beautiful a face smooth-skinned with a tinge of golden brown cheeks of purplish red a nose slightly aquiline with nostrils of spiral curve eyes like those of an egyptian antelope a forehead white and high above bounded by a band of shining black hair and surmounted by the coronet of scarlet plumes such was the head that i saw rising above the green frondage of the cottonwoods the body was yet hidden behind the leaves but the girl just then stepped from out the bushes and her whole form was exhibited to my view equally striking and picturesque i need not say that it was of perfect shape bust body and limbs all symmetrical a face like that described could not belong to an ungainly form when nature designs beauty it is rare that she does her work by halves unlike the artist of the anatomical school she makes the model for herself hence the perfect correspondence of its parts and perhaps fairer form had nature never conceived the dullest sculptor might have been inspired by its contemplation the costume of the girl corresponded to the cast of her features about both there was that air of wild picturesqueness which we observe in art paintings of the gypsy and sometimes in the gypsy herself for those sirens of the green lanes have not all disappeared and but that saw the snowy cone of pike's peak rising over the crest of the cliff i might have fancied myself in the syria austrias with a beautiful gitana standing before me the soft fawn-skin tilma with its gaudy broidering of beads and stained quills the fringed skirt and buskined ankles the striped navajo blanket slung scarf-like over her shoulders all presented a true gypsy appearance the plumed circlet upon the head was more typical of transatlantic costume and the rifle carried by a female hand was still another idiosyncrasy of america it was from that rifle the report had proceeded as also the bullet that had laid low the bighorn it was not a hunter then who had killed the game but she who stood before me a huntress the wild huntress End of chapter sixty nine recording by low